You are listening to Justice for All, a podcast brought to you by the law offices of Scarpello and Latour. Each week, our experts provide insight on topics involving the law, entertainment, and sports. And now, without further ado, put your hands together for the host of Justice for All, Josh Scarpello and Pierre Latour. Welcome to Justice for All, Episode 3, brought to you by the law firm of Scarpello and Latour, the law firm that you can turn to for all criminal defense matters and civil litigation matters, including personal injury and police brutality. Uh, My name is Pierre Latour. We're here for Episode 3. What we're trying to bring you every week here is a combination of an overview of a specific area of law. In episode two, we covered DUI checkpoints, and now in episode three, we're going to give you a little bit different flavor because we also are going to be discussing on these podcasts both sports and culture. This week in episode three, we're going with sports in a section or an episode that we've entitled Sports Czar. What that means is is that both myself and my partner, Josh Scarpello, are both going to talk about what we would change in the major sports if we were sports czar for a day. So, Josh, let's start with Major League Baseball. Uh, we just finished uh, the season in which the uh, the cheating Astros apparently won the World Series um, by stealing signs, by bashing trash cans. And, uh, that's just an aside. Um, but anyways, without further ado, uh, what, what, what would be your, if you were sports czar of Major League Baseball, what would you change? Two words. Robot umpires. Yes. <laughs> now, it's already been done this year. In the, I think it was the Atlantic uh, League, uh, minor league um, baseball, went to an automatic robot balls and strike system, meaning... Like, You're not saying an actual robot is behind the plate. Well, we'll start with, you know, we'll start with just the strike zone, but mm-hmm. the technology is out there to eventually replace these large men with sleeker um you know better better functioning actual robots but that's probably a question and a a topic for another day i would be happy to see in baseball much like they do in tennis calling the lines uh and you can take an appeal in tennis you know right on a line on a ball being in or out let's just do it what's you know why wouldn't we automatically go right now the technology is there I feel like um, Oscar Goldman in the uh, Six Million Dollar Man. We have the technology, so why don't we use a better system? It right. would it would make everybody happier in the sense that you could no longer bitch and moan about strike zones. Right, you you just be yelling at a computer or yelling. You know, and there's nothing well, to, to yell at there. There's no bias. Uh, there's the computer's not going to have a bad day. Right, he's not going to you know he's not going to need glasses per, as the old saying goes. It makes all the sense in the world. They'll still have. Uh, a human element there. These umpires obviously yeah, will... you're not replacing the umpire. The umpire is still there. I mean, I don't understand who in their right mind would be opposed to this except for, like, my father. My father is a grumpy old man who would be like, oh, automatic strike zone, but... You know, and the response you hear to this is like, well, what about the human element? You know what that really says is like, what about errors, right? Why can't we have some big fat guy like Joe West back there getting calls wrong and then throwing guys out of the game for looking at him sideways, right? And and let's be honest. Nobody watches a game for umpires or referees. Right. Nobody even wants to talk about 
an umpire or a referee unless they've made an error. Right. Um, and, and think about what we, what we have in this day and age. When you watch a baseball game these days, whether it's on the local Phillies broadcast, whether it's on national TV, on ESPN, the broadcast has a strike zone, right? You see the pitch, right? You see that it's a strike, and then the poor guy calling the game when the umpire says, when the ball goes right down the middle and the umpire just goes, ball. You know, the guys on TV have to be like, well, I don't know where that one missed. You know, and we all just pretend like there's no, like, like there's no possible remedy for it. The technology is there. Why wouldn't you want to get it right? It's possible to do it without slowing down the game. And once it took hold, like you just said, it would eliminate arguing. Yes. Nobody's going to argue because the computer wouldn't make mistakes. We it's would, a absolute no-brainer. We would get used to it immediately and would be comfortable with it immediately. Your your change, sports are in Major League Baseball. This came up the other day. I was thinking about this the other day, and, and this is it's going to sound like an old man rant, and I guess I am old now. But you know, I think baseball really needs to bring bring back day playoff games, right? You know, my kids love baseball. They can't watch the World Series. They can't watch the pennant. The games start at 8 o'clock, sometimes later. People talk about the length of games, which is an issue. Games last three and a half hours, sometimes more. That means an 8 o'clock game on a weeknight, on a school night, means the game is ending at, you know, 11, 11.30, 12 o'clock. I can't stay up that late half the time. No, neither can I. Um, baseball is doing a huge disservice to itself. I think, you know, whatever their argument is against it, that, you know, the ratings won't be as... The ratings already kind of suck for baseball. They're, they're not great. So why not take a little bit of a hit in the short term to get your next generation of fans, right? What would be better than, you know, what's wrong with starting, you know, what's wrong with starting a base, a playoff baseball game at 5 o'clock Eastern, right? I don't know what the problem is. I mean, the, the issue is, is that what, people on the West Coast aren't watching? I got news for you people. People on the West Coast don't watch baseball anyways unless the Dodgers are in the playoffs, okay? And then if your team is in the playoffs and, and the game starts at 1 o'clock, that's fun, right? You know, skip out of work and go to a bar and watch the game. Play hooky, right? That's the whole. That's what baseball is about, right? I remember growing up, my earliest childhood memory was the 1978 Yankees-Red Sox one-game playoff, right? One of the most dramatic playoff games in history. That game was on a Thursday afternoon, I remember, at 1 o'clock, right? right? You were in the sixth grade at the time, so you, you skipped out. and, and I and, did not skip out because I was a nerd and never skipped school. But I, by the time I got home, I watched, you know, I, I started watching it like in the third inning. I remember I missed the Yaz home run, I think, in the second. I watched the end of it. It broke my heart when Yaz popped out to Craig Nettles to end the game after Bucky Dent hit that cheap homer over the monster but you know but it, it hooked me as a kid I saw that game if today if there was a one game playoff between the Red Sox and the Yankees the game would be at 830 at night right and my kids wouldn't probably stay up and watch it if it was on a school night yeah. so I, I I don't understand I mean I, I do understand the argument I think it's a stupid argument I think it's short-sighted and I think that we that, that Major League Baseball should go back to, to day playoff games I agree. I agree. Let's go on to major sport number two, the association, the National Basketball Association. Sports are, what would you change about the NBA? Okay, what's the biggest issue annoying fans in the NBA right now? Um, I would say, from my standpoint, Ben Simmons does not <laughs> shoot uh, outside of two feet. That's right. My I'm talking point. about the more general NBA fan and not just the Philadelphia fan. Um. 
the biggest issues? For, for One of the biggest complaints. Biggest what do you hear people complain about these days? The guys are too tall? I don't know where no, you're going with No, no. Okay, I'll, I'll lay it out for you. All right. Load management, oh, right. right? Load management. This is also a Sixer fan complaint because, listen, you pay – NBA games are not cheap, right? You go to an NBA game, you're going to spend 200 bucks on your seats. You're going to spend another $100, $150 on food or whatever else you're buying that place. You want to go see the big man, right? You want to go see Big Joel – Put you know, put up thirty five points and grab fifteen boards and probably start a cheap fight with a small guard, right? Because that's what he does. But you know, everybody gets all up in arms about this load management. And listen, I, I get it; it makes sense. Popovich was the one that started this. He's not a dumb guy. He realized what's the problem: the regular season is too long. Eighty two games is dumb, right? There's no need to play eighty. You don't need eighty two games to figure out the eight teams that should be in the playoffs. In the first point, in the first place in, in the NBA, half those teams don't even belong there. The first round of the NBA playoffs are a joke. I mean, you're you're eliminating basically the four teams that don't belong there, right? Um, and when you take into consideration that, the, you know, the top four teams in each conference are probably going to play anywhere from, what, 15 to maybe 25 playoff games, maybe more. It's almost like a, another third of a season. You know, why not go back, and again, I, I'll address the, the real issues here, but I mean, in a, if I'm the sports star, so I make the rules. So I'm saying, okay, we're going to go to a 60-game season, right, down from 82. That's more than enough time for everybody to figure out who the best four or five teams are. We can still have eight in the playoffs, but we'll know who the best teams are. And that way, there'll be enough rest that you won't have to take the stars and miss the games. Because, listen, there's, there's nothing worse than... You know, being a season ticket holder or buying tickets on StubHub and taking your family to go see Simmons or Embiid or whoever you're going to see and showing up for the game. And guess what? The day of the game, you find out, oh, you know what? Embiid's not playing tonight because of load management. So that 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 would be my solution. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's I, I agree with shortening, uh, probably shortening just about all the major seasons except for maybe football. It's a lot of basketball to be played. These guys got to play over 100 basketball games. Not that I feel. Sorry for them exactly because they're they're handsomely paid, but it, it it is a disappointment that the reality of the game is it's it's a rough game and these guys are huge people and they really do probably need to, a night off. But if you're if you're a ticket holder and you're coming to see the Sixers and Joel's not in the lineup, that's no fun for anybody. Yeah, I mean, what's the point, right? Yeah. Now, so I I mean I, I agree. Load management is is an issue. It's an annoying sort of reality of life. Um, I think. The rule that I would change in the NBA is I think it's time for a four-point shot. Oh, I like it. Yes. Um, the I've, I've said this many times before. I was a uh, high school basketball player. Um, and I mean, I say that just as, as a title. I was not a great basketball player, but I was on my I have seen a picture player. of you dunking a basketball. That's though. right. I, I jumped off a ladder to do that. The ladder was was. was <laughs> Positioned off off camera, so nobody could see that. That was the that was the standard shot when you were when you were at Archbishop Bryant. You could either have the bouncing the ball with the hand up, like you know, like you're like you're you're preparing white your, guys like, point guard from the fifties, white, white guy point guard, you know, pose. Or what everybody wanted to do was jump off the ladder and have that you know hanging from the rim shot. And so I have that as 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 part of my uh, senior year photo. Um, but the game itself, the NBA game has changed so dramatically over the years, um, probably within the past 20 years, and I think a lot of it is attributed to 
the three-point shot and change the game and the popularity of the three-point shot yeah uh and, and the reason i to bring my myself up as an example is that the game is so changed that i would have to i'd have to be a completely different player today than i was to have any back when i was 18 to have any kind of success i was a six foot you know three and a half you know forward slash center playing the guys, you know, playing that position and staying down low and getting rebounds and throwing up layups. And, you know, not only – it was like that that uh, scene from Hoosiers. Remember when he's got strap and he's got to put strap in at the end of the game? I think it's they're playing the, the in the playoffs, the sectionals against Terhune. The spazzy kid who has to make the free no, throw the religi- No, the religious kid. Remember the big religious guy? And Wait, and, this is Hoosiers the movie we're Hoosiers talking about? Hoosiers the movie. And I think it, you're confusing movies. No, no, no. <laughs> Strap his bro, his his father. Uh, it was his bus that they would drive to the games. And remember that conversation where they said that um, the uh, the God came to his father in a vision and told him to to drive the team to the games and to paint the bus red every year, and then he paints it back white. Are we talking about Dennis Hopper? All right. Well, for Hoosier fans out there, you will remember Strap. I was the Strap character in high school. And appropriate name. The yes. scene that I'm, I'm I'm remembering is when Gene Hackman puts Strap into a playoff game and turns and looks at him and says, "Most seriously, Strap, don't shoot the ball unless you're all alone <laughs> underneath the basket." Yeah, it brings back memories. That was it? the <laughs> type of you know. I mean, that was the advice that I got. I mean, and not only the advice that was a rule, right, for big men back you know 30, 20, 30 years. And ago. now you would be the modern day stretch five. I wouldn't be anything. I'd be the water boy. <laughs> I mean, you know, now you've got seven footers that he hit hit you know outside shots, and not just any outside shots because a a seven footer that can hit a nineteen foot shot is no good. Right, he needs to be able to hit to step back two feet more and and shoot that three point shot because the metrics of the three point shot with the the number of threes that they put up in an NBA game now is amazing and you can't you you can't discount the logic behind it. Shooting a lower percentage of three point shots over the long haul is going to win you more games than being you know a higher percentage two point. Shooting. Well, yeah, the ma- the math is literally that if that shooting thirty three percent from three is the same as shooting forty percent from Correct. two, right? And, and now I'm intrigued by the idea. So the question becomes: Is there a four point line, or are there little four point circles out beyond the three point line where you shoot? You have to be in the circle to to make get four points. I think four point line would be traditional. But wouldn't a four-point circle be really exciting? I almost think you'd have to go circles because I don't think, like, especially where on the you're on the corner, that right. corner three. I mean, there's not much room. There's no room for right. a four-point yeah, there. You couldn't even get behind that, right? right. We're so, talking about a twenty-five to thirty-foot <laughs> shot. Maybe there's just a maybe instead of circles, right. maybe they put highlighted parallels across the you know across the end lines there. And you know, maybe five feet apart from twenty-five feet to to twenty, you know, to, to like thirty. What if feet? randomly during the game, these circles were projected onto the court, so they with, weren't with always laser there. beams? Yeah. <laughs> yes, like so. You know, they can project anything onto these floors now. So let's say, like, depending on either what the score is or how much time is left in a quarter, it'd be like, now, ladies and gentlemen, the last two minutes of the first half here, it's time for the four-point circles oh, to appear. The, there's the four-point circle. <laughs> It's just come on. It's they just turned on the four point circle, and Steph Curry is heading to the four point circle. You don't think this would be too globe trottery? 
Well, I think you're de- you're describing now a uh, more of a video game than an actual <laughs> game, but it's a video game I would want to play. I would still watch. Yes. I would. I would watch. I would absolutely want to play. And imagine the fun of you know. I mean, and in all seriousness, the great thing about the three point game and the three point shot is unlike you know. Again, when I grew up in high school, and my senior year was the first year they actually put in a three point shot line on our court. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So we played without even a three point line. But it's changed the game in so many ways, but also it's enabled these games to go right down to the wire. Oh, yeah. Because you can flip a 10-point lead in literally three possessions, and it's just I just think it makes for more excitement and a more interesting game. Okay. Um, okay, so we have the NBA. We have Major League Baseball. We're going to obviously alienate uh, all of our hockey fans out there, and, and Philly's a yeah, great All hockey. three of them. <laughs> but we're not going to make any changes to that game until we 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 really you know start becoming interested in that game again. Right. Um, but we're going to go to the third major sport, the big one. This is the biggie, the pro football. Pierre, how would you, in your sports star world, change for the better the NFL? I would fire Roger Goodell. <laughs> That's the easy answer. No, uh, I mean you can't. He makes too much money. No, I'm the sports star. I could fire him. <laughs> Uh, no, in all seriousness, I, I, the, what drives, I think, most people nuts these days is the state of refereeing in the NFL. Um, people focus on replay and replay sucks and they try and change the rules and they still miss the calls. And now they now they have, oh, you can challenge pass interference. But, you know, there's there's been a single pass interference or maybe there have been one or two the entire year that have been overturned. And, and what the problem is in the NFL is that what we keep doing or what the NFL keeps doing and people keep arguing about is you're, you're treating the symptom, right? You keep on, you know, more replay and more challenges and all that stuff. What is really the root problem? The root problem is the refereeing. The referees are just flat out bad when there's no reason for them to be bad. The NFL makes money hand over foot. The last thing I saw recently was that they made something along the lines of $15 billion with a B last year, okay? They make more money than any other sport in in the country, maybe in the world outside of soccer, I guess. So my point is this, is that for a relatively paltry number, let's say $5 million, right? Or let's say $10 million. I would I would establish an NFL training academy for referees, right? And make it ultra competitive with high compensation, right? I would say, okay, I would put it out there, I'd be like, listen, you can apply to join the NFL training academy where we're gonna put you through a rigorous two year program that if you graduate and you graduate and you know it's you know the top half of your class, you have the opportunity to become a full time NFL ref, at which point you will earn a salary of five hundred thousand dollars a year and you will also it's your full time job. Full time, none of this, you know, half these, you know, I, I think it's changed a little bit, but a bunch of these guys, you know, like they're like lawyers or, you know, fishermen or gym teachers. I don't know what they are, but they have other jobs. This isn't even their full-time job. The NFL should have a full-time referee group that is also highly trained, highly competitive, where if you're not doing your job, right, where you're evaluated on a, on a weekly basis and where if you blow calls, you lose your job because there's a million other guys coming up through the academy that want that job. And it's full-time, like I said, which means you have round-the-year training that you know the rules inside and out you're versed in all this stuff and i think that would go a long way 
towards alleviating the problem of what we have now in the NFL, which is a lot of people upset with the level of refereeing, upset with the number of flags that are called, upset with the replay system, mm-hmm. and upset with the challenge system. And I think that's that's the solution. Better refereeing would certainly uh, go a long way to, to helping the NFL. Um, my idea, I have two ideas for the NFL. Wait, wait, wait. You're only allowed to do one. Well, you uh, Pick your best you one. You made me think of, of another one. I was going to say, I'll go with my first idea, which is, you remember when the NFL was anti-celebration? Remember when the, when you got, oh, used yeah. to get a flag? The No Fun League. Yeah, you remember when T.O. <laughs> yep. caught a touchdown and pulled the Sharpie out and signed the football? Yeah, right. I've always loved that. I mean, the NFL is great in the sense that it's just a great production. The guys are interesting. And when they score or when they make a play, the NFL used to be very anti-celebration. Now now they have like a some stupid rule where you're allowed to celebrate, you know. As a group. As a group. Right. After almost anything. Yeah. Like after an inter- now, now after an interception, the entire defense runs down right. to the other end zone right. and does the pose for the camera. Right. I kind of like that too. So my suggestion would be this. Oh, I can't wait for this. There are absolutely no limits to the amount of celebration that a player can make. Okay. None. None at all. If he gets a sack, if he trips over his own shoes, if he makes a tackle, he can jump up, he can dance, he can gesticulate, he can sign a football, he can leap into the stands. What about obscene gestures? No, of course. We're not, we don't want obscenities. But what I'm saying is there's no limit. We don't want to We don't want to. You just said no guys. limit and then said no obscene gestures. Well, uh, within the bounds of decency, there, there will be no limit. What about throat slashing and taunting? Again, within the bounds of decency. Oh, now you see that. Now I don't like your rule anymore. Well, I, well that's too bad. I'm the czar. <laughs> I would make it so that you could celebrate as much as you want, anytime you want, and then the game just keeps going. They place the ball down. If you're ten yards down in the in in the uh, you know downfield celebrating or posing for an imaginary camera, then they can throw a flag. You're off sides. But I don't want to take away from the NFL or from these guys one of the most uh, entertaining parts of the game for me, which is all the extracurricular stuff that goes on after a sack or after a touchdown or after a great play. Um, no, I like it. I just, you know, I'm I'm much more of a libertarian than you, and I would just say like, no holds barred, right? Anything goes. Anything goes. Yeah, well, perhaps. Well, I'm not sure. Giving the finger to the other sideline, you know, throat slash gestures, taunting. I'd say like, go full XFL <laughs> if we're going to do this. <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. All right, so we've uh, we've changed uh, major rules in three of the major sports. Um, um, three of the major sports leagues that are out there. Um, if you have suggestions on how to, uh, if there's a rule out there that bothers you, whether it's in sports or in life that you'd like us to talk about, we'll be having uh, segments like this in the future. We are a law, entertainment, and sports show, but we're going to try to give you a slant that always incorporates, if not the law, the rules of that specific arena that we're talking about. And since we know, we're all knowing, and we... We're going to also suggest how to improve everything that's out there. Send your suggestions for future segments to us, to to Justice for All, at our website, phillybestdefense.com. That's P-H-I-L-L-Y, bestdefense.com. Or if you need to reach us and talk about a legal matter, call us at 215-732-0460.